Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the next newsletter on New Zealand Sport Radio, the show where a panel of football tragics discuss the latest going on in arguably the greatest football league in the world, or at least Australasia, the Bunnings A-League. Well, what a name. More specifically, we're here to break down the performances of the Wellington Phoenix, our New Zealand team in the A-League. We're going to preview their next game and give everyone watching some views and opinions on the league in a Kiwi accent rather than an Australian one. We can't wait to get our first ever show started, but before we do that, some introductions are in order. So, I'm Connor, I've been playing football since I was five, and I've been watching people play the game way better than me since I was about seven years old. These days you will find me on or beside a football field, I'm coaching, I'm playing, whatever I'm doing, I love it, and I'll be here talking about it with you today. Dan. Alright, kia ora folks, uh, my name is Dan Moskovitz, and... Little seven-year-old me in 2014 decided to watch the uh, FIFA World Cup, and I found it. I found out that the FIFA World Cup was really good, and I became enamored with football. So then I found out, hey, we have a local team right here in, in Wellington, and so I then became enamored with the Wellington Phoenix, and pretty much I've been a diehard since I was about uh, since I was about 13, and. I, uh, more recently, I've started to combine my love of football with my love of writing. You can see me. I'm happy to write about just about anything. And I've like worked with Football Stack and the Phoenix and writing stuff for them before. Um, but I'm just here to have some fun and uh, talk about football with Connor. Absolutely, mate. Having fun is what we do on the football field and also watching it. But unfortunately, this season, the Wellington Phoenix haven't been off to the greatest start, just like last season. Uh, they, they've only got one win under their belt so far. And I mean, let's review a couple of their games this season. So we'll start it off with the Central Coast and Sydney um, FC games that we had recently. As you can see there on the table, we are near the bottom, uh, just being propped up by Melbourne Victory, who have unfortunately for them been absolutely appalling. Uh, these past couple of seasons so it's good to see them near the bottom and it's great for us because it means that we can keep ourselves off the bottom of that ladder but 
there's a couple of things we're going to talk about, and I know that Mike's not here, so he's he doesn't have his point, but we will get Mike on in future shows. But for now, Dan, I'm going to talk about Ulysses Davila because I think that he is going to be crucial to our run to get ourselves back further up the table because Ulysses Davila in form is something that is absolutely potent in the A-League. He is fantastic player. He's got the ability to finish. And it's going to come up in my quiz later that you'll see that he does have the ability to finish because that's going to be one of my questions. But also, I think that Ulysses de Villa, he just creates so much space for his teammates and allows them to get further forward. He sets up teammates. Unfortunately, at the moment, we're not finishing the chances that he's setting up, but he does have the ability to really unlock defenses. And that's something that is going to be crucial for the Phoenix moving forward this season. I think that if he can stay in this form that he obviously lost towards the end of last season, which I think was a massive part in the Phoenix not actually getting through that playoff run and falling at the first hurdle because I think Davila kind of lost form. Obviously, he had to go back to Mexico. He had to see his um, child be born. It's something that's greater than the game of football, so that kind of takes your mind off things. But now his child's been born. He's got that chance to really focus on the game again, and I think that we're just seeing the best of him returning, and he's starting to look like the player that we signed uh, back last year when Uffi Tele went out to him and said, look, why don't you come and, and, and play in Wellington Phoenix, play in New Zealand, and now obviously playing in Australia. And he just looks like he's going to be an absolute star again this season. And I expect if he kicks on and if our strikers start kicking on, we're going to see the Wellington Phoenix slowly climb the top of it, back to the top of that table where they belong. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, past couple of games, we've... Um... Like, first few games of the season, he wasn't quite so good. But ever since he got that penalty a couple of weeks back, um, he's really kicked on, uh, particularly with that uh, sublime finish against the Central Coast Mariners from Hemet's pass the other week. As in against uh, Sydney uh, on Saturday Saturday or Sunday, um, like, he was easily our best player on the park. And, well, if we had a team that was constantly playing up to Davila's standard, we would probably be probably be top of the league because for me he is one of the best players in the league and he's just so fantastic. Like I could gush on about Davila all day and I did just a small side tangent. So could Mexican fans in uh Sydney because uh the Mexican contingent we saw in the stands for um the game against the NFC, that was super wholesome. And I really loved that. <laughs> yeah, it was great to see so many Mexico shirts, obviously supporting Ulysses Davila. And he really put on a performance that I think would have made them proud against Sydney. I think he was definitely the Phoenix's standout player that game. Obviously, he got the goal. It was too late to really influence the result for us, us losing against Sydney. But I think in the game against Central Coast, where we won that game, he was once again another standout. And his return to form has been absolutely crucial in us starting to put together these performances. So, yeah, he's... He's my kind of key point this week, but I know that you have someone to talk about, and uh, he's filling a hole left by Liberato Kakachi. What do you think about James McGarry, Dan? James McGarry, well, I mean, I think it's just really impressive that we lost Liberato Kakachi, who I would argue was better than Ulises Davila last season, which is no small thing to say. But Kakachi was just beautiful to watch week in, week out, like, Amazing player. I don't know, I, just seeing a 19-year-old making those runs down the left wing, it was 
I don't know. I felt privileged to see that, and I. I hope I get to see another youngster emerging out of the Phoenix Academy playing with that level of skill again sometime soon. But I think it was something special. I don't think I will be seeing that again sometime soon. But now that I've gushed on about Liberato Kikachi, which, much like Davila, I can do all day, um, I think it's worth like just commending James Garrett because I was... <laughs> I, like, at the start of the season, I was thinking we'd probably want to get an import to fill Kakashi's spot because he was that crucial. But McGarry has just been pretty good. Like, down the attacking wing, I don't think we've missed much. Uh, much sorry. Um, and he's usually pretty uh, good at uh, getting those crosses in and doing attacking play. Defensively, I think he still has a bit to be desired. But I also don't think he's doing... That badly is, I think, maybe uh, our criticism, our criticisms, sorry, of uh, his defensive work is more just based on Liberato Kakachi setting the standard of the past two years. Because I'm mean, against Mariners is one crucial, crucial block which I remember him making and just prevented a Mariners uh, Sydney, sorry, cross going in. And it's like, I think I, at that point I tweeted, James McGarry, you're amazing or something along those lines. Yeah, well, we have to remember as well that James McGarry actually was always a left winger by trade. So obviously defensively, he's not the strongest and he's still learning. Uh, whereas Liberato Kakachi, he was a CDM who was kind of converted into a left back. So he had that defensive kind of mindedness to get to that spot to make sure that when as soon as he got made the left back, he was already kind of aware of his defensive duties. Whereas McGarry has always been used to attacking and we can see that with the crosses he delivers we can see that with his ability to get forward. But the fact is, is that, you know, he hasn't been a defender for so long and he's still putting in those crucial challenges. It shows you that his willingness to learn and his ability to think on his feet and to become the defender he needs to be is impressive. And I, I totally agree. I think James McGarry, for me, this season has been another standout so far. And I think he's really performing in a way that has absolutely surprised me. Like, I did not expect to see him defend that well from the start I knew he was a left winger by trade and I didn't expect him to do defending because you know left wingers all they think about is attacking and he comes in and he does the job and I have to say yeah absolutely props to James McGarry for being a standout okay let's go to the preview of our next game against Central Coast Mariners again because this league and COVID and all these things happening have made these fixtures come round and round that we've played Sydney twice played Central Coast twice after this fixture yeah, it's a very strange kind of draw uh, this year. So um, before we do that, uh, I'll just kind of mention the fact that Mike and I have a podcast over at Total Football New Zealand. You can check that out. Uh, and obviously, Mike will be on these shows in the next few weeks. Um, and yeah, just check us out at totalfootball.nz. We've got articles, we have a podcast, and we have videos as well. Um, so yeah, we've got the fixtures up on the list. You can see Wellington Phoenix versus Central Coast Valentine's Day fixture. Uh, then we have Melbourne Victory versus Wellington Phoenix, Western Sydney and Newcastle Jets again because we've already played Newcastle once as well uh, and lost to them after a, a very egregious couple of decisions by the referee. Uh, but we can talk about that at another time, I'm sure. So Wellington Phoenix versus Central Coast. This is a game that we've won. We won the first time. Obviously, Central Coast this season have been quite good. They're, uh, they're top of the Bunnings live ladder, uh, if you will. And um, I think that... This game is one of those weird ones because 
last time we played them, we were dominated and we were played off the park and we still snuck a result. And in other games this season, we've dominated teams and then the other teams have snuck the result against us instead, which has been very frustrating. So it was kind of one of those things where we got our own back against Central Coast. However, if we play against them again like we did last time, I think they're going to absolutely thrash us. Because if we play for 60 minutes like we did against them last time, I think, yeah, it'll be 3-0. Like, they take their chances, and we're 3-0 down, and that's it. So we have to lift our game, and I think Davila is going to be crucial to that. I think the defense having a good game is going to be crucial to that. The likes of Laws, um, Luke Devere, um, Devere as well. But I think that the actual, the key thing for us is getting Piscopo back. I think he is the man to look at, Dan. I think that Piscopo is going to bring to our attack what someone like Soterio can't and that trickery, that technicality that he brings. He's one of those players that kind of makes things happen, whereas Soterio is great as a kind of bench player where he comes on and the defenders are tired and he uses his pace against that tiring defense. That's great. Piscopo can kind of make things happen from the start. And I think that him coming into that side is what we need, especially when the likes of Hemed um, and Ball. Ball's not going to get you 10 goals a season. Ball's a striker that just works hard. And Hemed is that guy who we need to start scoring, but he hasn't started scoring so far. So we bring Piscopo in and we see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, that's that, 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 that I, I would pretty much agree with that. I mean... We saw last season when um, we had that absolutely magical front four of Hooper, Ball, Davila, and Piscopo. And Hooper, Ball, and Davila were all imports. And pretty much, unless they absolutely flopped, they were going to be starting week in, week out. But Piscopo, sorry, um, pretty. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I know you said Piscopo. I'm actually not sure. Um he he like fought out Calum Cowart, who everyone thought was this was New Zealand's uh, young mm. gem, who was going to be starting week in week out, maybe even fighting with like Cooper and Ball for top scorer. But Bisco managed to fight him out. He managed to fight Joshua Soteria out, and he turned into one of our best players, who maybe went maybe still managed to fly a little under the radar, which is understandable when you're competing with Gary Hooper and Ulises Davila. Yeah, uh, in a front four. So I'm absolutely of the opinion that Piscopo could very well be the person who we need to really uh, step up the quality of our front four at this time. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think having him in the side gives us that extra dynamic, and I think we definitely need something to give us a spark, especially if Hemed isn't scoring. Uh, even if Piscopo comes on maybe with 30 minutes to go, I think that will give us something at the end. But if I was um, Ufi, I would seriously be considering starting him from the start and giving maybe Hemed the 30 minutes off the bench instead and seeing what Piscopo can do because he just gives us that extra X factor that I don't think Hemed is currently getting. Yes, I believe, obviously, with his quality uh, and you know form his temporary class is permanent, I think that he can bring that kind of X factor once he's settled, but he still hasn't settled. He's still getting used to the league. Piscopo is obviously someone who's been around for a while now. He knows the, the Australian football setup because he's an under-23 socceroo. He knows how to get the best out of these pitches as well. Uh, and with the Phoenix based in Wollongong, I mean, it just suits him to the T. So 
I think that he should get a chance uh, and, and come back from injury and really have a run out against Central Coast and provide something different for the Phoenix because we need it. Um, but maybe there's someone else, Dan, and you want to talk about that could come into that strike strike force. Well, I've gushed about uh, Ulisse Davila. I've gushed about James McGarry and Liberato Kakashi. It's time for my fourth gush, and this is about <laughs> Ben Wayne. But this is a bit, a bit of a weird gush because we haven't really seen Ben Wayne at all this season, which for me has been one of the shocks because, well, we've been behind a lot and we haven't been winning games. And, like, Josh Soterio, I think, was used perfectly in... Um, the Central Coast game as an, as an impact sub. But Ben Wayne can also do that job of, like, he's young. I think he's, oh, God, I actually don't know. He's, he's 18 or 19 now. 19, and, I think, yeah. Yeah. And, like, he's one of, uh, and he's a very bright young prospect from the Knicks. And he, like, did, did, there's a match back when Dan was in charge where we had no chance of, um, uh, of having any effect uh, on our table uh, placing because it was the last game of the season. So Redan placed uh, uh, put uh, Killian Sheridan, with who was our import striker at the time, and Ben Wayne up front. And Wayne was the guy who led the line. So, and I think that shows that, I mean, I don't see any downside to maybe, at the very least, giving Wayne some time off the bench. And... With Hamid, as you said, I, I think I think he's got a lot to offer. I, a lot of people on Twitter are writing him off fairly quickly. I'm not quite tempted to do that just yet. But you get into psychological management here. Is he the kind of player who would benefit from being dropped to the bench and having and being reminded that we may be paying you tons of money, but we're, I'm also paid to win football games. Maybe Ben Wayne is time, is time to try Ben Wayne up top and see what he can do because, I mean, because he hasn't came on at all this season, maybe there's stuff going on behind the scenes. But but, but because he hasn't uh, came on at all this season, I don't see any reason for him not to be given the go. And, I mean, given he's over here, he can't really play for the Phoenix Reserves. And when you're a youngster, you need that game time. So, and then there's also the fact that we don't really have a lot of out-and-out strikers. There's Emid, there's Ball, but as you mentioned, he's more, I think the word is a secondary striker. who will do the hard yeah. work and probably not score tons of goals. And then Emid, Ball, Soterio can play as there, but he's out. So that just leaves Wayne. And I just don't see, I guess what my, the gist of my argument comes down to. So I don't see any reason for Wayne not to, at the very least, come off the bench and see what he can do. But I'd honestly would not be opposed to starting him if that kind of psychological management is what would get the best out of Hemet. Yeah, maybe that's exactly what Hemet needs, just a reminder like, hey, look, we just want to win football matches and you need to sit on the bench and actually bring that form that we require to the game. Because at the moment, obviously, he's starting every game. He's not scoring uh, I think he's got one assist in four games or something like that. So it's just not good enough for a striker, especially one who's a marquee. So, yeah, I think maybe starting Wayne, starting Piscopo, someone like that ahead of him will really kind of rekindle the fire, if, if you will. And hopefully that will give him the boost that he needs to kind of be like, right, I really need to start 
scoring and, and doing exactly what the club requires of me for these big wages that I'm getting paid because that's what you need from a striker and unfortunately Hemi hasn't delivered it so far and you're right let's not write him off just yet but at the same time maybe he just needs something to give him that motivation to start scoring and start becoming the player that we know that he's capable of being uh, because he's played for some some teams such as Brighton uh, which played in the Premier League so yeah Let's let's see what Hemid can do if he's uh, shown some tough love by Uffi. So I want to before we move on to the next point, I want to try and uh, come up with not only a prediction but also a, a script, if you will, of what you think will happen on Valentine's Day against the Central Coast, round two of the Central Coast. So I'm going to say this is what I really want to happen. I want I want a gift if you will. I want Alex Roofer to go out there and bang in his first ever A-League goal, a Valentine's Day present for all the Wellington Phoenix fans. That is what I am hoping for. I'm hoping that the script is, it's like the 75th minute, the Phoenix are, the Phoenix are 1-0 up or it's a 1-1 draw at the moment and Roofer bangs one in to seal the result or to put us ahead if, we're, if it's a draw and then we hold on from there and take it um, I would love that. That's the that's the script that I want to see. I want to see Alex Rufa being the hero on Valentine's Day. Dan, what do you want to see? I mean, first a question: Is that your Valentine's magic uh, script, or is that your realistic script? <laughs> no, no, that's my Valentine's magic script. I mean, realistic okay. prediction would be a, a close game, like maybe a draw. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so my Valentine's prediction script would be a uh, a nine two bin because we've already beat them eight two in the past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you're a fan that. watching this, I'm sorry, but uh, you're, you're the top of the table. I am going to bring the fact that we beat you 8-2 up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I mean, I've I, I said it a couple times on Twitter for a while, but at Dan Mosky, by the way. Um, but it's, 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 it's a bit sad to see that Rufus still hasn't gotten his first goal for the club in yet, especially when he is that kind of player who really deserves it. Cause, I mean, all, he has, uh, using football manager stats here, but he has a uh, 20 dedication, 20 work rate, and he's someone who really understands the club. And, I mean, he got reported with that because he's now a vice-captain. But, yeah, I would probably honestly agree with you there that my Valentine's Day script is uh, Rufa banging beautiful long shot in, then absolute valentine's gift for myself who's sitting uh watching football on valentine's night um that would just be the best the realistic script i think we lose this two or three nil oh two or three nil loss yeah i'm, I'm gonna be more optimistic i'm gonna say it's a draw at worst but i'd love to see us win obviously it's a valentine's day uh you want to see us get, give us give our fans a present but at the same time yeah, I mean, if if the three nil or two nil happens, if the loss happens, obviously it's going to be a, a cruel Valentine's Day for all Phoenix fans, and Central yep. Coast will be loving that. But I like I much I much prefer the uh, yeah the Alex Roofer long shot. He turns around and he just go he puts his arms in the air and he can finally say that he scored a goal in the A League and he's he's thoroughly deserved it. He's played so many games. He's played so many games for the Knicks and uh, yeah, he's worked his way up after being a reserves player. He's been in the, the full team for a long time and now he's in the vice captancy and you'd think that if someone like Davila would want to leave the club, he would step up into that position. I don't think he, he wants to leave the Phoenix. He loves the club. So 
if to score on Valentine's Valentine's Day for the club he loves, yeah, that would be that would be pretty special. And to be honest, whether it's a long range screamer or a two yard tapping, I don't care. I just want Alex Rufa to score on Valentine's Day for the club and run away to the uh, empty stands in Wollongong and celebrate. <laughs> and we'll all be celebrating at home, mate. Don't you worry. We'll all be celebrating at home because, yeah, that would be a truly monumental experience. All right. The next newsletter is live at 9 a.m. every Saturday morning on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And you can listen to the podcast. Just search for New Zealand Sport Radio on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast providers. Before we wrap things up, we've got a quiz to do, Dan. And Paul, oh, I noticed before, you've joined us we as well. Quiz, just, a, just a couple of quick questions for you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You mentioned you mentioned during the uh, during, during that that uh, we've played a couple of teams, or we've or we will have played in the next few rounds. Played a couple of teams twice already. Yeah, obviously a traditional table. You play everybody once, and you play everyone again. So, uh, with that in mind, also with some of the missed games, uh, with, with, with teams having catch up, how? Kind of realistic, how, how true do you think this table is as a reflection to where the teams really stand? Are we going to see a big movement in that second half of the season where they play those those all those double headers that they haven't played yet? Yeah, I think this table at the moment isn't a true reflection of where the teams will finish up. I think you'd see the likes of Sydney FC move up. I think you'd see the likes of Central Coast come down uh, and the likes of Wellington Phoenix hopefully going up as well because at the moment, there's, you can see that some teams have played two more games than some of the other teams. Some teams um, have played, I think the Wellington Phoenix is, is one of them, have played Central Coast twice. We've played Sydney, the reigning champions, twice. So it's going to be one of those things where the table is going to be back and forth, back and forth for a while. I think it'll settle down once we get those normal fixtures coming in in a couple of weeks. So you'd, you'd start to see how things are actually going to lie once all the catch-up games have been played. And we've played different teams, I'd say, maybe eight weeks away. Um, I think it's probably... I don't think it's going to be that far. I think at this stage, it is It is probably pretty representative. Because, I mean, having watched games, I do think Central Coast deserve to be first. I do think MacArthur deserve to be second. Like, the top four... Aside from maybe Brisbane, which I can't comment on because I haven't watched them as much as I've watched Central Coast, MacArthur, and Western Sydney, I think they all deserve their top four spots. But as you say, Connor, I do it. It's impossible to go, to go for an A League season and not expect Sydney FC to rise because them not finishing top two would be insane. Them not finishing top four would be mind blowing. I fully expect to see them in top four by the end of the season. Big questions always like whether teams like. Melbourne City, who have not been doing well, strangely, and West and Melbourne Victory as well, whether those two teams haven't been represented well and whether they will rise. Talking of those two teams and with Victoria going back into lockdown, what are your thoughts? Are, are, are we actually going to finish the season? Um, do you think some, t- some, some games will actually have to be cancelled? Will, will we have a complete season or not? What's your, what's your prediction there, boys? Yeah, after hearing about the outbreak in Victoria, it's it's a bit of a worry that the season may not be completed. Obviously, those Melbourne teams may have games postponed. I can't see at this stage it looking like it's going to be fully called off, but I think that we may have a restricted season. So where they play not the 27 games that they wanted to and it gets condensed down into another similar thing to what happened last season where they kind of had a madcap playoffs at the end rather than finishing off all of the fixtures. I think that's something that may happen again where they kind of cut the season short, 
uh, maybe yeah, make it 21 or 22 games and we do a mad playoffs rush to get things all done before rugby league and, and Aussie rules starts up again. So yeah, it's, it's one of those crazy things where unfortunately with the way that the world is at the moment, you never know what's going to happen in terms of whether your team's going to play week in, week out. And obviously these fixtures have already been affected by COVID and that we're playing these teams so often uh, at the start of the season. So yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's just going to be a consistently chopping and changing thing. And I think we just have to, as fans, be ready for that. Yeah. What a way to take us out of fun and games, Paul. <laughs> um. <laughs> hey, we'll get there. We'll get back to it. It's just, yeah, at the moment uh, we do have to be serious. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's entirely possible, which is a cop-out answer. Um, I do wonder if the broadcasting will come into play with it, because going on your record here, I'm fairly certain that the big the big drama about the Fox Sports contracts last season was due to the fact that when the A-League was postponed, um, we hadn't played enough games to fulfill our Fox Sports contract. I think that's the case. If it's not, I apologize. I just went online. I, I just said that live on camera. But... <laughs> Um, allegedly, way, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. I've heard rumors. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's possible. I I think the A League will do uh, everything in its power to finish the season because, and I know that's kind of a dumb statement because, of course, any league would do that. But I think we saw last season it would have been probably a lot easier just to call the league off and because they were pretty much done and i think there were some calls to that but now they decided to finish off the season where they could i think i th- I, I, I think it's probably more likely than not that the league will finish with the 27 games uh rather than a reduced amount but um thank you simon uh, but it's it is something we need to be prepared for, and that's just the reality of this COVID world. Yeah, for those of you listening on the podcast, Simon Hughes, uh, regular uh, contributor to um, New Zealand Sports Radio, yeah, chipping in that he he agrees with uh, Dan around the uh, the, 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 the uh, Fox Sports uh, TV deal. Simon's also got you a quick, got a question for you guys. Do you miss Jason Pine um, uh, as a commentator? absolutely God, love yes. jason pine yeah we really do miss him and it's always nice to have a have a kiwi accent as we said in the intro of the show have a kiwi accent talking about the a-league and, and commentating on the a-league so the fact is is that at the moment yes the aussie commentators are great um and we love them as well but it's always nice to hear jason pine in the commentary box he's fantastic yeah cool. maybe a hot take from you there kind about the Ailey commentators. I agree with you. I don't think Twitter would, but... Um, uh, <laughs> I know Twitter wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my hot take is I think they're fine. Um, just so it's on the record for the Fox Sports big wigs. Um, but, yeah. I miss Jason Pine a lot. He's a fantastic human being, and it was always so lovely to hear his voice um, when I couldn't be at the games at Westpac. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Great commentator, fantastic human being. Yeah, we love Jason Pine. So yeah, it's it's gutting not to hear him uh on the A League commentary, but at the same time we get to hear him on Sky Sport next, 
uh, doing the commentary for all of the ISPS Honda Premiership games. So that's fantastic. So we do love uh, going onto YouTube and watching those free games. So we we might have to change the show the show title to the uh, the the Jason Pine Appreciation Society. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it, the next the next newsletter is now the Jason Pine Appreciation Society. All it took was one episode for us to go off the rails. <laughs> uh, all right, Dan, do you want to get us started on the um, on the quiz? I, I know that you've got two questions to ask. It is trivia time. So, Connor, mm. and to all of you listening. When was uh, the last time the Phoenix started a, an A-League season away from home? Oh, it was ages ago. So obviously not including this this season where we were away from home technically in Wollongong, right? Okay, you, you got the trick yeah. question out of, yeah, out, yeah, out, out yeah, of yeah. the way. But yeah. it, it was a genuine question in that when was the last time we actually started an A-League yeah, season was, away from home? It was a long time ago, I think. It was when I was at uni, so I'm going to say 2011-12. Good job. Yes. Um, yeah. It's really insane. Like, that was our fifth season. And yeah, yeah. And it was against I, Gold Coast, right? Gold Coast United. Excellent work. This was before I was a fan, so you're doing a lot oh, of work well, here. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I mean, to be fair, I was seven years old uh, then. Um, <laughs> All right, mate. <laughs> showing, uh, showing my age. I'm at uni, you're seven. <laughs> hey, sorry. Jeez. Hey. Hey. Case, uh, um, oh, oh, that makes me feel so much better. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's it's always baffled me. Just, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's some sort of uh, scheduling reason for it. But for some reason, we always get the home picture to start off, which I... As someone who likes to go to a home game to start off the season, I'm absolutely for, but mm. <laughs> I've always just found it a strange, probably, maybe coincidence, maybe scheduling admin. Right. Your second question, Connor. Mm-hmm. What was the last ground that the Phoenix played in in New Zealand that wasn't in Wellington or Auckland? Yeah, so obviously, once again, not Wollongong. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Not, not Wollongong. Yeah, um, in New Zealand. Mm. I know we played. Yeah, I've know we played games at like Lower Hutt and stuff, but that is that's still Wellington. I'm going to say Christchurch. Uh, the Yarrow Stadium in New Plymouth. Ah, Texas. New Plymouth. No, yes, yeah. of course. There was that game. Ah, oh, yeah, Yarrow. Okay, I just remember that game. At, I remember the game that Ben Sigmund played and we and he scored in Christchurch and everyone went nuts. That was awesome. I wish I'd been around for that one. But yeah, that was 2016-17. It was a free one off okay. the Western Sydney Wanderers. <sighs> Damn it. Yarrow. Yeah, well, I'd probably just banish that from my mind. <laughs> it was one of the yeah. weirder moments in Wellington Phoenix history yeah. when we're playing in New Plymouth. Well, it's a pity because that stadium was probably super suited to us in terms of how much smaller it was and like more boxy. So it was probably yeah. more suited for football. Um, <laughs> I love that message. Yeah. <laughs> Just for all the listeners, Yarra Stadium is now earthquake prone. <laughs> okay. okay. We, we brought Wellington there. Yeah, exactly. We brought Wellington there, unfortunately. Okay. I'm going to ask you two questions now, Dan. You asked me two. My turn and the listeners, obviously. Who are the top three highest Knicks scorers of all time? Okay, so... In order, from one to three. 
Yeah, okay. So first two are easy. It's Roy Krishna mm-hmm. and um, uh, Paul Eiffel. That took... Correct. I knew the name. Yeah. But I know you knew the name. Who is third? Yeah, that, that that's the real question here. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's either Jeremy Brocky or Shane Smeltz. Mm-hmm. Oh, with how many goals? Krishna has <laughs> I'm not gonna... one, I think. Yeah, I'm not going to make you answer uh, all of that, but you, if you can get a couple, I'm impressed. All right. I'm pretty sure Christian, yeah, Christian definitely has 51. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Eiffel is 33. That's that's impressive. That's really impressive. He's got 32, but the fact that you got Krishna's 51, not including his FFA Cup goal, which is, makes it 52, and Paul Eiffel, 32. But that's impressive. Yeah. I'm going to so say who it's Jeremy Brocky for third. Jeremy Brocky is incorrect. It was Shane ah. Smeltz. Shane Smouts with 24 goals in the league and four other goals, it says, with he's he's on 28. Who, so, who was Brocky? So Brocky was fourth equal with Tim Brown. God damn it. Tim Brown, uh, impressive return for a midfielder. Obviously played 112 games compared to Jeremy Brocky's 58, but they both had 23 goals. Okay, moving on to... The final question for you and the listeners, where is Ulysses Davila on the list of the top 10 next scorers of all time? Ninth. Correct. Well done. How many goals has he scored and who is he equal with? Oh, God damn it. That's a, this is a little <laughs> bonus. Question. This is a little bonus question. So if you can get how many goals he scored, I'll be impressed. If you can get who he's equal with, uh, and to the listeners, if you can get it before Dan, impressive. Go on, beat me, guys. Um, is it 14 goals? It's 13. Rolly Bonavassia is eighth with 14. So he's got 13. He scored his 13th goal against Sydney recently. He's got a chance to go into eighth, obviously, tomorrow on Valentine's Day. Who is he level with? I'll give you a hint. I, I, Very I, I don't people. think I need it. Oh, go on. Uh, because 2014-15 was the season where I started to become a Phoenix fan. And 2014-15 was when Nathan Burns was the Ulysses Davila of his day. And he well scored 13 done. goals for the next season. Well, well done. Obviously, he scored 13 goals. That Those were his only 13 goals because he came back in 18-19, didn't score anything. Uh, there, and so he's finished off with 13 goals. You are correct. It was Nathan Burns. Uh, you were very close with the 14. Uh, yes, obviously, it was 13. Congratulations, Dan. So it was very, very well performed. And I hope that everyone listening and watching this also had a go. And yeah, let, me, let us know how you did. Okay, so I I guess that's us for the uh, next newsletter. Thank you for joining the show. You can catch up on all the A-League results every morning at 7 a.m. with the morning sports briefing and get your weekly Phoenix fix at 9 a.m. next Saturday. Don't forget to go whack New Zealand Sports Radio a few dollars on Patreon if you can. It increases our motivation to be back here each week and results in a higher production quality for all of you. So on behalf of myself, Connor Clements, and Dan, it's been a pleasure, and we will see you in the next episode. Farewell. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market